0: Your ass better call somebody!
1: All right, cut the music. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Destination Devi is proud to bring to you its Dynasty Tag Team Champions of the World, the McNutted Michael Crystal, the ATM, Adam McFerrin, the 4D Chess Podcast! And of course, if you're not down with that, we've got two words for you! Back into another edition of the 4D Chess Dynasty Podcast. We got another good one for you. Before we get into it, you can find me on Twitter at Iowa Michael, and as always, you can find my wonderful co-host, the better half of the 4D Chess Dynasty Football Podcast, at ATM 4D Chess. And without further ado. We want to get right into this, so we will get the uh, the introductions out of the way, quick, fast, and in a hurry.
0: What's going on tonight, Adam? How are you doing? I'm doing really well, Mike, and I'm glad to be back. Episode 10, we are at double digits. Can you believe we're at this spot? And Dynasty Degenerates, thank you for tuning in to another one, episode 10. We got some stuff you're going to really like. This is going to get into our process, and stay tuned. This is going to be a good one. This has been a spicy
1: buildup for multiple reasons. Uh, Of course, if you catch the Wake Up Show with Ray G and Jay Rich, you got to see both of us get our ass dragged on YouTube live about some bad, bad trades, according to Jay, according to Ray, that we did. And according to all the uh, YouTube experts out there, we appreciate your comments and feedback. They're always entertaining to us. But we obviously do things a lot different than what Ray and Jay like to do. But that's why we're here. Talk Dynasty strategy. But without further ado, our very 1st 40 Chess Dynasty podcast episode was about the 22 quarterback class. And hard to believe, like you said, episode 10. We are Billy Bob from Varsity Blues. I give it a 10. A 10. I give it a, 10. <laughs> a fucking 10. So, being it's the 10th episode, and that's how we started, we are going to again dive into the bullshit out in these streets about this 22 class. Because it is still rampant. Still rampant. And Adam and I have some victory laps to take. I might even put a fancy sounder right here. You know, maybe a woo-woo-woo. Nah, I just do it myself. I'm good at it. woo woo <laughs> Let's Listen. go
0: everybody listen to this just just be thankful that there's no video to this because mike's gonna have his shirt off he's gonna be going crazy just just be glad it's only audio right now because mike is gonna get into some craziness
1: listen we are on record on our patreon we have an episode way back in the day when we first started this so sometime in august and possibly another one in september and then probably another one in October and then another one in November talking about 22 picks specifically the quarterback class the running backs the wide receivers just the fact that they were so devalued because of this narrative going around especially on the hellhole that is Twitter at times about this class just this class sucks i know you guys have seen it if you have if you're tapped into twitter you probably heard it on podcasts the class is terrible Sell all your picks. You only want 23s. So we're going to pull some of those up, right? Twitter's forever. The internet's forever. So I'm not going to put names. I'm not going to name and shame people. That's not how I like to roll. But I will read you the tweets, and Adam and I will dive into them and then give you some thoughts about what these people are talking about. So receipts. In the NFL space, we have people talking about the Carson Wentz trade to – Washington, right, about why it went down. And I saw three consecutive tweets from three different people today with the same basic premise. And the premise is, tell me this quarterback class is bad without telling me this quarterback class is bad because Carson Wentz got traded to Washington for a couple third-round picks. So that makes the 22 class bad. Do you agree with this, Adam? Adam? I think there's a lot of holes in this narrative, for one. For one, this is also assuming that Washington would have been comfortable bringing along a rookie when clearly they want to accelerate that timeline a little bit more, right? Carson Wentz isn't the end all be all. I've been a big Carson Wentz defender. Truth or whatever you want to call it. But I can even acknowledge this man has a lot of flaws. And I think Pat McAfee sums it up best when talking about Carson Wentz, that when Carson Wentz is on, he is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. The problem is that about four or five times a game, Carson Wentz goes like full JV football and makes some plays where you're like, what the hell was that? Like, why would you try to make that throw? Or why would you – take that sack, or why would you try to shrug off Aaron Donald of all people and still try to throw a pass downfield? It is very frustrating. But if he's getting traded to a team like Washington, they got a good deal. The package of draft capital they sent back wasn't that great. I don't think this has any bearing or speaks any volumes to the level of talent at the quarterback position in 22. It more speaks to me that it's more that Washington wants to try to One, get a a massive discount on a guy that they still believe they might be able to fix or has some talent or mold into however they want it to be. And two, not go through the rookie year struggles of a quarterback because not every quarterback that gets drafted right away becomes Justin fucking Herbert. A lot of quarterbacks end up like Tua or Zach Wilson. They take a year, two years to kind of develop and find their groove. So that's my take on to Adam. Tell the people what you think about this one, because we haven't talked about this until right now. So these are fresh ideas coming out of our mouths.
0: Yeah, I'll say this. I don't they didn't pay necessarily a ton in draft capital, so to speak. But I don't I don't love it for Washington as far as what they're doing. But I understand who's making the deal, right? Like you said before, some of our dynasty deals, we don't dynasty like everybody else. So there's going to be people that you know want to want to crush us that's but that's our process it's part of what we want to do I think Ron Rivera is wrong for this but I think he wants to have a quarterback that isn't necessarily a over the moon great quarterback but he wants someone that he thinks is seasoned veteran that can lead this team and then he can use that high pick in the first round those other picks to go make playmakers right now maybe on defense or somewhere else on offense so I don't love the trade but i think from that perspective i don't think that has anything to do with the quarterback class in 2022 i think it's more to what you're speaking of where i think ron riverboat ron wants to go win now and he thinks i can just get carson wentz to hopefully not make as many mistakes and just play to what i think we can coach him into
1: the next one that I kind of wanted to dive into, it was when the Rams traded away their pick, uh, I believe, in November for Von Miller and then signed to Odell Beckham. We had yep. someone try to correlate that, and they tweeted out that the Rams got the memo that the 22 class is weak, hashtag dynasty. How do those two things correlate together with you, Adam? Because, one, it's an NFL team making a move to try to win now and trading away a, a pick for a defensive player. I guess if you play in IDP leagues, it's cool. But maybe this guy was just trying to be funny, but actually just isn't funny. I guess. I guess that would be my take on it. But yeah. to me, it just fe- it's just another another key in this this narrative that keeps going around, right, about the twenty two class.
0: Yeah, I think. Listen, I, I I guess I I see what he's trying to do. I mean, they they went out and got the ring, so who cares? You know, you you burned a pick or whatever, but. I don't know, man. I I think there is a lot of really bad narrative. And what's surprising is still like there's a lot of push now on this class. Right. There's a lot more people coming around, starting to see it, but there's still like, like, why is there still when we know so much already after the combine, some of this negative negativity on this class? Like, like, help me out with where everybody's coming from now, today. I
1: have no idea, too, because while the combine was going on and the running backs are out there performing, I saw a tweet about the fastest running I've witnessed over the last 24 hours is me running away from my 22 rookie draft picks. Please take them off my hands. While the combine is going on and these guys are putting on a show, especially at the running back position. But even if you want to get into the wide receivers, I think as a whole, this is one of the fastest wide receiver classes we've probably ever seen. Gotta so, so many of guys blazing, blazing, and, and, and not not the, the, the crappy small school prospects that don't have elite production profiles, right? Big name players from big schools who are already high on dynasty radars performing well, running fast, jumping high, jumping far, looking good in receiving drills. And then the running backs come out, and the running backs run fast, and some of them a lot faster than we expected. And yet the, the narrative is still going around. This, this is just, to me, digging your heels into a shitty take that you know you're wrong on, but it's too late, so you got to lean into it, right? You, you don't want to look like an ass and be like, oh, you got me, I was wrong, my bad. I've changed my mind on this class. Because you've been touting this nonsense and this bullshit for the last six months, seven months,
0: right? Yeah. The other problem, too, is, to your point, if you touted all that and you shipped off all those 22 picks you had, news flash, buying them now is going to cost you more. Just because you keep pushing these narratives, the cost on especially the first round, top 10 specifically picks in 2022 has gone up. And ultimately, that was what Mike and I have been preaching from the beginning is, because twenty three is spo- supposedly so loaded, and I do believe all the players in that class, that class is going to be special. I do believe that, but there's still a full year before that draft comes around. With that being said, there's there was way too much slander around twenty twenty two. I understand that top to bottom, it's not that deep, and maybe you're not as there's not as many sure things. Okay, but we knew, or we our process was always that. There is going to be rookie euphoria and there's gonna be people that pop at the combine. There's gonna be players that separate themselves. And the class always seems every single year, I don't care what it is, to have gems that we don't think about that rise up late. I mean, this this class is a perfect example of that, Mike, right? Spencer Rattler and Sam Howe, for how long were considered the Top 101, two. 102, right? Yep. Now think about this. They Sam Howe's way down. Spencer Rattler is not even eligible to be drafted in dynasty leagues nope and guess what we have <laughs> malik willis kenny pickett all, all these other guys have surfaced right like was kenny pickett on anybody's radar going into bro, last year if if you had kenny pickett on your radar last year good on you because Props you were one you. of the few you were one of the few right and 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 that's not a knock on anything other than there's always going to be some late risers right it, that's class – that's not – that's every single class.
1: Kenneth Walker, was he on anybody's radar as a, a good running back prospect? And now he might be or probably is the RB2 of this class.
0: Yeah, certainly in the certainly in the mix.
1: And he just ran sub 4-4 and weighed 211 pounds, 215 pounds in that range. Yep.
0: Yeah, Very enticing.
1: True. I mean, the man was a uh, damn Heisman Trophy
0: finalist for fuck's sake he he man this year he was really good he was really good and then the thing was i think people needed to see that combine and now i don't think he falls out of the top six picks in any type of super flex format man i also saw a tweet about how
1: the this is in august of last year the -hmm. 22 wide receiver class let me pull this up here 22 wide receiver class isn't that exciting Most of the prospects will be 22 years of age or older or have some relatively significant profile flaw pre-combine. What do you think Uh, is the deepest part of this class right now? What is the deepest position
0: in this class? This this has an easy answer, and it's not debatable. It's wide receiver, and, okay, we don't know for sure. Let Let me just preface real quick before we get too far in. We do not necessarily know what any of these players are going to become in the NFL. Okay. I'm not, we've never preached that and we still are not, but what we know, the combine, some of the players in this class where they're slated and probably going to go in some of the NFL drafts here, there, there is so many wide receiver prospects that I would love to get shares of in this class, man. You have three, In my opinion, I think Traylon Burks from the beginning was a little overhyped as far as like being the 101 in drafts. All right, this is not a knock on Traylon Burks. I think Traylon Burks is still even running what people thought was a bad 40 time in that four or five range. That he's not slow. I'm sorry, he's a big dude. He is not slow. He's still fast. He's just not ungodly fast, right? He's not a creative player on Madden, maybe, but he's still a good prospect. Drake London. Garrett Wilson to me, those three players at wide receiver are very, very, very good prospects. I would love to have on any single one of my teams, and then there's so many down the list in this 22 class, Mike. I mean, you're talking Jameson Williams was a late riser, tears his ACL, and is still being talked about in the top five or six in this class, right? Like this, this wide receiver class is so deep. It's so deep, man. I have a tweet from September 26th of last
1: year. Okay. This man is looking at mock drafts and the mock drafts are taking anywhere from 16 to 22 skill players in the first rounds or day two for running backs and wide receivers and tight ends, right? Yeah. The first round for quarterbacks. Yeah. The other ones for the other positions, right? Yeah. Tweet says this isn't enough to sustain a good dynasty class. This is September 26th. Think about that in college football terms. That's week four, Adam. Week four. Not even a third of the way through the college football season. And because some mock drafts that are way off. I bet if you go look back and look at those mock drafts, you would laugh your ass off about how wrong they were. Are saying that there's only 16 to 22 skill players in the class. That's a reason to fade. This is the hard-hitting analysis that we're getting at. This is the the narrative, right? This is how it starts. It started in June or July or August. Whenever somebody was like, oh, I don't know if I really like this class. And then they start digging into it. And they keep zooming and zooming and zooming. And then all common sense goes out the window. All common sense goes out the window. It's week four, people. Why are we making these proclamations already? But then the problem is somebody sees this and then somebody repeats it. And then somebody retweets it. Yeah. Somebody quote tweets it and yep. somebody posts it in a discord and somebody talks about it on a podcast and you see how the snowball effect of shit just starts to influence people's minds. And this mm-hmm. is about the same time that you and I are pounding the table. Like I understand that the class isn't as good as 2020 or may not have the elite prospects that we drool over like the cow pits or the Jamar chase, like 2021 20, had, or, or at the quarterback position where you have, Going into it, arguably two generational talents at quarterback in Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, and then a very tantalizing prospect in Trey Lance, who we can all recognize has a lot of potential. I understand it's not these classes, and I understand it's not this 23 class that I think people got way too far out over their skis. There's a good possibility the 23 class is everything people have been saying, correct? Like it's not out of the realm of oh, yeah. possibility. I still there, believe
0: it will be very good, but there's also
1: a possibility. Maybe it disappoints some, right? Of maybe it's not as great. Maybe, there could, maybe, there could maybe definitely the first be tier players, players that are not that good. Maybe the first tier of like really highly desirable players only goes to four instead of like six, seven, eight, like people are talking about, right? Maybe the back end of that first, isn't that great, or it doesn't have a lot of depth in the second round. These are all things that could happen, but to make these proclamations and then tout them as fact is the, is the part where I have the, the issue with. Because it just keeps getting repeated. It keeps going on a cycle. And you and I acknowledge this. So I just said it. We, we acknowledge that the class, I don't believe, was going to be as good as 2020. It wasn't going to be as high-end as 2021. And I don't think it was going to be as good as 23, but it wasn't dog shit. There were players in this class that I was excited to see play and I was excited to see where they would fall in dynasty value coming up in the rookie draft. And I wasn't ready to write it all off because you could do simple things like count on your damn fingers how many prospects there were worthy of a first round dynasty startup pick in a super flex league, couldn't you? We went through it and we listed them all out. And I should probably go back and listen to that episode and see what we listed out and see how close we were, right? Where we, where we missed at guys we left off or maybe guys that were on there that, that fell off for whatever reasons, but you could do some simple math and counting on your fingers and go, man, I'm up to like 11 players already that I think are worth drafting right now. Yeah, And that's not even counting. Some of these guys I'm not too high on, or maybe we're injured to start the year. I haven't got to see play, uh, You know, people are talking about them as late risers at the quarterback positions, whatever the case may be. This is my issue I have with a lot of these tweets and the bullshit and the narrative that's been going around about the 22 class. So this is why we did our first podcast. But I think when we did our first 4D chess podcast, we weren't comfortable enough to come out and say, like, no, like these people are wrong. These people are asinine for their opinion. And today, sitting here recording this podcast with you. I'm comfortable enough to say that, yes, I was right on this, you were right on this, and these people were wrong on it. They still don't want to admit it, though. There's some of them who still want to dig their heels in, even though we have all this new information, especially with the combine. So what is one of the things that we have always said about rookie pick values is they go in cycles. The values go in cycles. You get rookie picks, you trade for them in August. Nobody seems to give a shit. You trade for rookie picks in season right up until about the trade deadline. Nobody seems to give a shit. As teams start to get eliminated, those picks start to gain a little bit of value, right? Because people are like, I'm out of it. Like, I want my rookie assets. I don't want to trade them to you. Fuck that. I'm not yeah. doing
0: it. Yeah.
1: The college season ends. The NFL season ends. The rookie picks have kind of been at the same same value. What happens next? The senior bowl starts to happen. And all these these analysts get to see these prospects live and in person. These general managers get to start talking with some other NFL personnel, right? Looking at prospects at the senior bowl. And these are some of the least desirable prospects in a dynasty class. Right. The guys who are eligible for the senior bowl are some of the ones that we shy away from the most. Like I like Jahan Dotson, but what is one thing I've always said to you? him being a, a senior kind of worries me a little bit right if i'm tie breaking yeah. between him and a guy like garrett wilson like give me the early declare guy give me the guy who's a year younger yeah but and the steam the steam starts building right
0: yeah no and it question it keeps building and it keeps no building
1: question. and then the biggest the absolute biggest one that happens the fucking combine happens adam and we get to see these guys Some people are like, oh, it doesn't matter. It does matter. It does matter because you do get speed scores. For certain positions, it really matters. How big was this guy? How fast did he run? If he's a running back, how bursty is he? This is what tumbled Kyron Williams ass down boards going from a potential RB3 in the class to what? A third round draft pick? In In the matter of two things, two things, right? He comes out, he weighs 194 and people go, oh, I don't. NFL teams aren't likely to give you a full workload at that size. This is going to be a rare case. Well, maybe he'll run fast. And then what happens again? He comes out and he runs slow and people are like, fuck it, I'm out. I'm out. I'm done. I don't
0: want him. And he ran slow when there were people saying that those 40 times were juiced, right? So he was really not running. He was running in quicksand. But I think there are so many good points you just hit on, man. And I, I think... Part of it was, man, I remember there was a specific time long enough ago, which seems like forever ago. It's not that long ago. You're drafting about this time, maybe even February, March, right? Full year ago. The 23 class was starting to get juice, starting to get hype, but it was still a little bit of a hidden secret. Like you had to be really tapped in and plugged into people that were talking about it, right? Ray, a shout out to Ray. He was on board. Go get twenty three picks now. Go get twenty three picks now. That started to carry some weight. So then all of a sudden, I think what really happened, Mike, at some point in the summer, there you had now twenty two class, which was starting to get some slander. You had the twenty three class the following season. Like there was a point in that in that spring, right, where I would go actively take the twenty three pick over the 22 because of where they were being valued at that time. started to change. The narrative was 22 wasn't that good, and I think part of what you said is so key. It was sandwiched between 23, which is supposed to be this legendary class, 2021, which had a lot of high-end quarterback prospects, and even some other good prospects, and 2020 just happened the year before, and people had seen how many people in 2020 were legit, and we were sleeping on a guy like Herbert, late in the first and he's unbelievable right so now all of a sudden I think what really happened is this class is sandwiched between what we believe is all these classes that are just way better and somehow that narrative also I think further pushed down the 2020 class value which come summer come fall 2022 picks were being treated, honest to God, even first-round picks were being treated as throwaway picks unless you were completely rebuilding. And at that point, Mike and I got on board and we're like, listen, this is this is not what everyone else is preaching. And I'm not telling you the 22 class is as good as 23, but these picks are at an extreme discount because what we can guarantee are all the things Mike just said. There's going to be a point where the season finishes, right? Right. Football dries up. What's left? Right? You're going to have the senior bowl. The senior bowl, when there's because there's nothing else here in football, then you get the combine, right? You get, you see what happens. How many, Mike, Mike just alluded to it. How many players in this class, in a bad class, disappointed? And the class is still giving us prospects. We already talked about Rattler, gone. Kyron Williams, disappointed, right? I mean, whatever. Mike and I still would love to see David Bell get draft capital. That doesn't happen. He he could evaporate. There there has been so many players in this class that evaporate, and still we have so many guys that rise up year in and year out. Christian Watson. Who's talking about Christian Watson, Mike? Before this, who? Not a lot of people, man. Not a lot of people.
1: Very few. And those are the people who are really digging into Trey Lance, and they go like, "Who's this guy who who keeps making plays?" Right,
0: mm-hmm. but.
1: Unless you looked at his analytical stats because his raw counting stats never looked that great. And This is also something that I've had discussions with uh, Jordan Backus, head of analytics at Destination Debbie, right? Like, yep. How much does this play into on like low-volume offenses? Because I'm an Iowa fan. For those of you who don't know, who haven't watched the thing, I wear Iowa shit all the time. I'm a diehard Iowa Hawkeye fan, and one of my favorite players coming up who I thought might come out this year was Sam Laporta. And his analytical profile stat-wise looks really good. But if you look at his raw counting stats, it's like next to nothing. So this is a discussion I've been having ongoing is how much does this factor in his his dominator rating, his yards per team pass play, right, on these very low-volume offenses. And JB says, yes, it means a, a, a bunch. It means a bunch. If you're on a high powered offense, but your your dominator rating is is very low, or your yards per team pass attempt, your raw counting stats may be, but you're not heavily involved in the offense as maybe some other players. Like so they're not designing plays for you. If you look at a Christian Watson specifically, all those metrics are fantastic even though his raw counting stats are on the lower side, but they were designing plays specifically for him, knowing he is the best player that they had, the best weapon they had on offense. That says something. Even though he went to a smaller school, he's going to get that knock, right? North Dakota State, blah, blah, blah. Who do they play? Anybody who watches college football quite a bit, right, who's a big college football fan, Adam, I know you are, is going to tell you that if North Dakota State was in a Power 5 conference, That team would upset quite a few of these big-time schools, right? If they were in the ACC, I'm not saying they're going to win the ACC because Clemson's in there, right? There's some really good schools in there.
0: They're beating some ACC teams, though, man, for sure.
1: They're not finishing the conference with a losing record, right? Right. They are a powerhouse small-time school, a major powerhouse small-time school. When you have prospects like Trey Lance coming out of there, one of one of the most tantalizing quarterback prospects we've seen. And yes. now a guy like Christian Watson, who people are after the combine are going, man, this is like baby Megatron right here. <laughs> Look at his RAS score. Look what he's done. Look at his film. Look at his highlights. Holy shit, this guy is is crazy.
0: Yeah. They, he, they he, get he,
1: talent like that at that school. That's what they do. So, yeah, they're Christian in a Watson, class yes, there. In and, regards to 2022, I don't think they're – bro, I – to be completely honest, I, I watch a shit ton of football. I watch a everything that that Ray puts out from a scouting future outlook, Devi, Devi focused podcast material, film study, film breakdowns, whatever he puts out, right? I consume that because I, I just love football. I will be completely honest with you, up until about like Two months ago, I don't think I I rem- I knew who the fuck Christian Watson was. If you told me Christian Watson, I'd be like, and, and ask me where he went to school, I'd be like, fuck, I don't know, man. Uh, you know, Texas, I guess. Like, it'd just be a guess. I don't know Christian Watson. I watch a lot of football. Most of the most of the community, maybe like the spreadsheet nerds, knew who Christian Watson was because his name comes up. But I bet they probably never watched Christian Watson play
0: yeah and, and okay and then to kind of take that off right christian watson was playing at the small school but he was with trey lance and you know i think even after the senior bowl there was some hype but when this guy at six four goes out and puts up the numbers that he did at the nfl combine you now have a player that is has come out of nowhere and is by a lot of people's standards at this point in March, which we're not even we're not two full months away from the NFL draft, man. Right. There are so many people saying he's he has almost solidified himself as a first round NFL draft pick. And if Christian Watson's a first round NFL draft pick, given all the things we know about him, even though it's a small school, given his athletic ability given what he did do in college, albeit at North Dakota state, he is going to push first round rookie pick in this class. And and there's still guys, George Pickens like, right. George Pickens is talked about as the front of this class gets hurt. A lot of knock on him. Did had one catch in the bowl game. Right. And then all of a sudden Boom, 4-4, four, four, right? Like, okay, George Pickens is back, maybe. Now he's back into the first round discussion. Th- this class, maybe there does not, maybe there is not a Jamar Chase at the receiver in this class. And, and guess what? News flash, ladies and gentlemen, news flash. The last two years we've been fucking spoiled, and we got two dynasty wide receiver ones back to back. That's not how it works. I'm sorry. That's not how it works year in and year out. Okay. That's not going to continue to happen over time. But there are some really good wide receiver prospects in this class. Brees Hall, after what he's done. Brees Hall is going to be. In the discussion between RB five and RB 10 without stepping on a football field in the NFL. You have Malik Willis, who's a prospect that we like. He has rushing ability like this class. I want to say this. We still don't know shit about what these players will become in the NFL, but what's guaranteed without question. I don't care who's saying what on Twitter and this and that is that what you were buying these picks for when they were slanderously discounted during the season last year and where they're at now, honestly, man, it's over two X. Like it is significantly more valuable. And if you listen to what we're doing and what we were thinking at the time, I still want to draft a lot of these guys, but if you still, if you still are in the clay in the camp of this class, isn't that good. And you actually acquired some of these picks, you can move off of them for far more than you acquired them. And that ultimately has been the point that we've been preaching all along is that this time of year when there's no football being played. And from now until the NFL draft, there's still going to be small value accrual in this class. that's already risen like crazy. That is a perfect point from
1: just a value standpoint, right? If you hate all these guys in this class, perfect, man. You are you you you're not at peak value yet, but you had just received a massive bump in value because of the combine. There's still massive, going to be a, massive. There's still, there's still going to be a little bit of runway, right, where they're still going to gain a little bit more leading right up to your rookie drafts, because the NFL draft's going to happen, and that's all we're going to talk about. We're going to have Live streams out the ass and we're going to have podcasts out the ass on landing spots and which team did what and who went where. What's this look like for fantasy? This is all we're going to talk about for the next two months, two and a half months at least. Right. And then your rookie drafts are going to hit. And that is peak, peak sell time. If you are not in on this class, you are dug in on it. Great, man. You've already increased. You just got a stock that you bought at a dollar. It's worth ten dollars now. Cash out cash out and enjoy it. Right? Reroll into 23 if you want. If you really high on that class, good. You're still going to have that opportunity. As much as people will tout 23 class, I guarantee you if somebody's sitting with the 101 right now on there, they're getting multiple 23 picks for it. 23 if, if somebody wants to move up that has multiple 23 picks, they're going to pay multiple of those picks to move up to try to go get Brees Hall, if that's, if that's the guy that they want. Because in a matter of days, we went from Brees Hall as maybe like the RB2 for some, RB1 for some. Some people had him RB3, where he's kind of, oh, he's just going to run a four five. He's kind of like David Montgomery, but maybe a little bit better. And all of a sudden now, Brees comes out and destroys the combine, and now people are talking about him, oh, do you put him at RB4? Do you put him at RB3? I would rather have Breeze Hall over Najee Harris. I would rather have Breeze Hall over, over the uh, DeAndre Swift. That's in a matter of days, people. He's gone from maybe a fourth or fifth overall selection in the Superflex League to the de facto 101 in most people's minds, definitely the 101 and 1QB one Leagues, and now we're talking about him like second-round start Oh, I don't. I, you might even have to go higher. You might have to go early second round startup. Adam and I are on record still being too low on this class. And we were one of the few people, uh, two people in the world, I think, that was like, you should go buy these picks. They're so devalued, yeah. right? Yeah. Their value is going to increase. But just, I don't know, maybe less than a month ago, we probably did something where we were like, where do you think the, the 101 in this class is going to go? And I think we had a, a real discussion about. Maybe early fourth, late third. Holy shit, buddy, we were off. Now people are are talking about them in the second like it's a lock. So Mm -hmm. if that's the case, even us, even us didn't market them or value them properly on how they're going to tier now.
0: Yeah. and and, The, and The
1: point being is if you listen to the smart people, if you listen to the people who are telling you, go get these picks, they're at a massive discount. You're only going to make money on this. Even if you don't like them, like Adam's saying, you can trade them later for profit. Or in my boat where I was like thinking about it, not just trading them for profit, but thinking about these are going to go up and there's going to be lots of players that I like. You know how it was when we first started live streaming mock drafts. We'd get to the third round and you're just kind of like, whatever. Whatever. We did this last mock draft after the combine, and we were in the third round going, man, I want that guy. I want that guy. And then you get to the fourth round, and you're like, I kind of want this guy too. Oh, man, I'd like to take a shot on this guy, right? It happens every year, but people underestimate it. One of the few people who was on the 22 class, and there's a reason that that I fuck with this guy, right, that that I like what he says, and I follow what he says because he's an incredibly smart person, was Michael Liu. Mike me up. He tweeted in August of last year, based on the trade talks I've been having so far this year, it looks like I will once again be scooping up 22 firsts for cheap due to the quote-unquote shallow class narrative. Can easily list out right now 12-plus guys I would take in the first round right now And the season hasn't even begun. Folks will never learn. And there hasn't been a truer tweet for me than that right there. Because you and I were on the same boat. I didn't even know this tweet existed. I didn't know this tweet existed until today. Damn. But he's ahead of the game. Yeah. And this is what we're talking about. This is where we want you to... Dynasty Degenerates, when, when you dive in and you're like, hey, what's your thought process on this? This is what we want to get to you. I'm not a 22-class savant. Adam's not a 22-class savant, right? We don't have a crystal ball. But we know how the market in Dynasty works, and this shit happens every year. I don't care what the class is. It could literally be the worst class we've ever seen. Those picks from August till now are still going to increase in value.
0: A hundred percent, man. And, and that... All right. So now let, let's let's talk about this, Mike, because where we're at today, March 9th, and no we're recording this, this is going to drop to you, Destination Debbie, on the 11th, okay, Friday. Where we're at now, Mike, I still think that Sam is going to get the first round draft capital. If that happens, there are 10 picks... 10 picks in this class that you're going to have to offer me something real, something very real for me to say, you know what? Okay. Yeah. I'll come off. I'll come off one I'll come off one Oh six. I'll come off one of these top 10 picks. Right? So let's walk through it with them. Everybody here, the dynasty degenerates, you should already probably know these people, but if you don't, we're looking at Brees Hall and Malik Willis, probably in their own tier at the moment. I still love Isaiah Spiller. But until we see what happens at the pro day, what he's doing athletically, you know, the whole uh, that Asian thing, man, is, is tough. But I still a believer, but we don't know for sure. But let's include him at least in the top 10. OK, so you got Brees Hall. You got Malik Willis. Kenneth Walker. Isaiah Spiller. Matt Corral. Right. You got. Kenny Pickett, whether you like it or not, he's going to go in the first round. Then you got Traylon Burks, Garrett Wilson, Drake London, and Sam Howe. Like, that that, that does not even get into some of these people we still want to have that's going to be later in this class. But you're talking about 10 players, like Mike said, like I've said. We don't know for sure what they're going to do on the NFL football field and what their ceiling looks like in the NFL. But from a value standpoint, those are going to be players that everybody wants in Dynasty. I can I, I can bet you anything that's the case right now. Let's give him a little peek behind the curtain, right? Ray likes okay. to
1: give out what he calls the freemium. All Ray, right, let's do it. You and I went through the other night. We went through our super flex ranks, combined ranks, your ranks, my ranks, we get a composite rank, right? We get the I average. Like this. Yeah, let's Yeah, let's, let's the, go ahead and the,
0: give it to him, man. Yeah.
1: Of the rookie class. And I'm just going to give out the first round. And for those of you listening, just keep track because there's going to be some names that aren't in our top 12. This is going to show you the depth of the class, right? This is when Adam and I sat down and really critically thought about it. And if you want more information on it, right, if you want to know why we got to this point, this is what our Patreon's for. We live-streamed this whole, or not live stream, but we recorded a whole whole episode, two hours plus, just going through our wide receiver rankings and then going through our rookie rankings and how we get to the point where we ranked guys where we did, right? So hit us up on the Patreon if you really want to know because that video is out there. Last week's episode, patreon.com forward slash South Harmon. be the only time I'm going to plug it, but let's get into it. Let's give you the peek, a little freemium, as Ray would call it. Right. Let's do it. Freemium. Freemium. One, for us in composite rank, Brees Hall. Easy. Two, Malik Willis. And we had this conversation, and you just mentioned it. There's only two guys in this class that I could I could put in a tier of their own. And Malik Willis is going to depend, one, on draft capital where he goes, but two, on your team need. If, mm-hmm. if you need a quarterback, I, I wouldn't begrudge you for going Malik Willis one, Brees Hall two. That's yes. just how it's going to be. But the next guy's down. Kenny Walker and Isaiah Spiller are tied for us. We have them flip-flopped in their ranks. That's why they're tied. Three and a half. Matt Corral, five. Pickett, six. Traylon, seven. Sam Howell and Drake London are tied for eighth. And this is depending on draft capital, like Adam had mentioned. Garrett Wilson, so this would be 10. Yep. George Pickens, 11. Jahan Dotson, 12. That's our top 12. All of those guys they listed off, especially for me, I would like to have shares of every single one of them. There is not a guy on that list where I would go, I would want them on my Dynasty team. Now, if you want to disagree with the order, that's fine. But those are just 12 guys that we have. There are some big names that didn't even make our top 12. And that shows you the depth of the second round for us, especially the guys in the early second round that we would like to get. So that's a little freemium for you, a little bit of a peek behind the curtain on what we were doing with our superflex combined ranks. I think this is going to be pretty close to a lot of consensus on people that I trust and I value their opinion. Now I imagine there's going to be a lot of dissenters out there. who are like, Oh, the wide receivers are too low. That's fine. That's fine. If the wide receivers are too low, that's fine. I mean, that's your prerogative. That's your argument. I understand it. This isn't going to be a wide receiver versus running back or quarterback debate. That's a show for a different day. But those 12 dudes that were listed off, I would be fine with any of them on my team. And the fact that in August I could go out and I could buy these picks for pennies on the dollar because people were shitting on the class. That's where the advantage comes in because you and I both know unless it's a team where we were super competitive and trying to win immediately we have multiple rosters with multiple 22 picks scattered throughout the first round in various areas. Now, right now what we're trying to do is trying to position ourselves based on our tiers and our personal rankings where like I want to get into the the top 6, right? I want to get into the the top 7 or If I have one of these back end first, if we have Jahan Dotson at 12, I feel more comfortable if I can get a Garrett Wilson. What do I got to do in a trade to make that happen? The problem is when we try to do it now after the combine, people are kind of hip to it, right? People know that, holy shit, this class isn't terrible. I would really like to have a Garrett Wilson or a Drake London on my team. It's going to cost you an arm and a leg to come up for it. The value has increased that much. But if you did these moves in August – September, October, November, during your dynasty season, holy shit, you're playing with house money at this point. And even if I read off that list and you're like, I don't like that guy, I don't like that guy, cool, trade out of him because I guarantee you there's probably somebody in your league who is salivating over the fact that they can go get Drake London or Garrett Wilson or maybe they're a big Sam Howell fan like me or maybe they really like Kenny Pickett despite the the small hand narrative. Whatever the case may be,
0: <laughs> they're going to pay up for it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and imagine this, Mike, this is something that is not the 22 class. This is classes in general. There are people every single year. I have, I had one of them this year. Painfully, I have to admit this because I am transparent as always, whether I'm getting dragged through the mud on YouTube and Destinish Devi, or I'm out here telling you the truth. There's going to be times where you look back and man, ATM got dunked on. Vince Carter over Frederick Weiss, nuts in the face, straight over the seven-footer. Like, it looks bad. That's part of what happens. There are failed contenders every single season. Now, imagine, this is another big piece of buying these 22 picks, right? A lot of these teams say, okay, this class wasn't very good. I'm going to just send this pick away because it's going to be late. What if their team's not really that deep? All the stuff we talked about in other other 40 podcasts, right, how to really construct a team to truly win. There are so many people that do that, that they think they got a contender, but it's a pretender. You grab those picks, Mike, imagine if you bought a 22 first that someone's valuing as this 110, 111, 112, way, way in advance. We've seen these teams end up as top four picks, top three picks, okay? Like, imagine what type of massive, Value jump, you've gained on that. Like this, this is regardless of class, but especially when classes are discounted and you can go buy picks willy nilly because everyone's like, ah, 22, it sucks. There's no one good in that class. I don't care what class it's been. You can go back and find players in every class, damn near every class, that are going to be good. And even if they're not, go back to 2019. Miles Sanders, right now, is a ninth round startup pick at best. Mike and I were fans of him all along. We were actually wrong. Go back to the season after the 2019 class. The class was supposedly not very good. Miles Sanders is damn near a first-round startup pick. Certainly a second-round startup pick. Josh Jacobs, same thing. These guys have fallen so much in value, but you don't have to sit on these guys. Like This is Dynasty. We talk, we, talk how many, we talk three straight episodes about trading, right? Knowing your league mates, knowing the values, and knowing your league settings in your league. We trade. That's what we do. Dynasty Degenerates, we trade. You don't have to hold any of these 22 picks. You don't even have to hold them to draft time. But if you do and you draft a player, there's so much opportunity to trade off of some of these rookie 22 quarterbacks whether you think they're going to be good or not, people think there's a security in that job. Maybe they have a couple of good games. Like, this class, right now, we don't know what it's going to do. But I can tell you right now, the value of these picks, especially those top 10, I love it, man. I love it. And I'm not a huge victory lapper. But this one feels good because it was so against the grain. And if you listened to us before that, you might have been laughing. You still might be laughing, but guess what? The value is true. It's real.
1: Yeah, whether you want to admit it or not, it happened, and it is happening. This is all you're going to hear about for the next couple months, right? Every podcast that you're going to listen to that has anything to do with Dynasty is going to be talking about rookies. All right, we're going to get the the occasional, like this week, with the Russell Wilson trade and the Carson Wentz trade and the Aaron Rodgers returning and the Calvin Ridley suspension, right? There's going to be a lot of news. And then free agency is going to happen. But after all that kind of dies down, what's it going to go right back to again, Adam? It's going to be the rookies again.
0: Always, always, man, always. And, and, and another real quick subtle point, right? The running back position, which we just talked about, how sometimes this running back truther like us is a dying breed, okay? There's not that many of these young, tantalizing running backs that are three-down skill set guys. You got a very few amount. So what does that do? Makes the thirst on contending sides for those young people. Breeze Hall, Kenneth Walker, Isaiah Spiller, given he gets to testing in the draft capital. You think that one of these contending teams won't come with 23-plus, at least a plus for some of those running backs? You're outside your damn mind. Like, I don't care how good you think 23 is, and I do believe 23 still has a ton of great athletes, great talent, great prospects. I'm not – I can – I want to make sure this is clear. I have tons of teams which are stockpiled with 23 picks, so I'm not sitting here trying to tell you that 23 is not good. Please do not mistake that for what I'm saying. But there are going to be teams on the contending side that will give you 23-plus quite a bit more to go get those three running backs especially. So it, this is all built into why 22 has been so undervalued.
1: Let's tie it back into our very first episode. Our very first 4-D was all about quarterbacks, right? Sam Howell, dual threat, which coincidentally got me blocked on Twitter. <laughs> Some people don't want to hear about Sam Howe being a dual threat, I guess. but He's a dual threat. Look at the deals that went down this week in the NFL. Russ Wilson getting traded for a haul. Aaron Rodgers, I don't know what the actual terms of the deal are, but it was initially reported $200 million, right? $200 million over four years. 50 mil a year. And then today... Today on Wednesday, Carson Wentz getting traded for a couple third-round picks. And people shitting on it because it's Carson Wentz. But it just shows you what Adam was talking about in the very first episode that we did. The quarterback thirst is real. If you don't think teams are going to move up and try to get a quarterback in this class because this quarterback class sucks, I don't want any of them, you're dead ass wrong. It's going to happen. Did you see the news today about the Colts maybe possibly trying to trade for Jordan fucking Love? Yes. Unfortunately,
0: I saw it. I saw it, man.
1: If that doesn't show you how needy and thirsty these teams are for quarterbacks, I don't know what else will. And just like your rookie drafts, your rookie drafts that are coming up, your super flex drafts, Adam, where's the cheapest place you're
0: ever going to get a quarterback? Where is it? It's not even close, and it's in the rookie draft. In the rookie draft by far. It's by miles, man, honestly, when you talk about like what it really costs.
1: The same thing applies to the real NFL. Where is the cheapest place that Denver could have gotten a quarterback? Would have been in the rookie draft, picking at yep. nine, right? Yep. In the hey, NFL draft. And instead, absolutely. they trade the nine. They trade another first. They trade Noah Fant. They trade Shelby Harris. Right? They have to send all of, of this capital. Yes, yeah. Russell Wilson is a very, very good quarterback and, and a much surer thing than the, the ninth pick, correct?
0: Yeah. But
1: what if he did hit on the ninth pick? Yeah. What if Mac Rowell is really good at football? Yep. We have and that's- situation after situation with these rookie quarterbacks where, ah, uh, Justin Herbert, nah, the Chargers shouldn't take him at six. They shouldn't take him at six. You don't need to take him there. Josh Allen, remember – not just one year, multiple years of people questioning whether Josh Allen was going to be an NFL starter. Oh, he makes too many boneheaded plays. He's not accurate. Now he's one of the best, if not the best, quarterbacks in the NFL. Deshaun Watson, uh, maybe propped up too much by Clemson, right? I don't yeah. think he's going to be a good NFL Slips in the NFL draft. Outside of his legal situation, what is going on now? Deshaun Watson plays the quarterback position in the NFL at a very, very high level. There are – Patrick Mahomes, for fuck's sake, Patrick Mahomes. Yes, thank you, man. Thank you. This happens. They traded up
0: to 10, and people were like, why?
1: Exactly. This happens. Remember when last year, why would the the 49ers want Mac Jones? He's just this stopgap thing. And then New England gets him, and accordingly, Mac Jones takes the team to the playoffs. There are good quarterbacks, and the cheapest place, just like in your rookie drafts to get them, is in the NFL draft. And as has been shown this week, the NFL is extremely thirsty for young quarterback talent because we'll bring them in. We'll see what happens. Maybe they end up being a Sam Darnold or a Daniel Jones, but even those kind of guys get second chances, multiple shots at it. Who's the hottest free agent name in the quarterback fucking market right now? Mitchell?
0: Mitchell? gross-ass Trubisky. And, and, okay, there's a couple big points here, right? There's two major ones. There's a lot of points you made that are so good, okay? When you go through, Mike, real quick, I I know we're going to end up pushing over an hour, but I'm going to try to not make it too long. The top, there are 16, basically, quarterbacks that that pretty much everybody wants a share of, Okay. And then you start getting into the, the debates. Josh Allen, people talk bad about him for a couple seasons. One o seven, he was not, he was nowhere near like this one o one. Oh, you got to go get him. People were plenty of skeptics. Patrick Mahomes, one ten. Kansas City just decided to you know what we're going to trade up. Even when they had Alex Smith and played him for a full season, those are the two top players in dynasty. Justin Herbert, third quarterback in the class, and. By most people's standards at that time, the one that's definitely different than the rest, Joe Burrow and Tua. Kyler Murray, one-on-one, no debate, okay, locked it in. Joe Burrow, one-on-one, no debate, locked it in. Dak Prescott, no one's talking about. Lamar Jackson was very end of the first round. Now, you might say, okay, it's a little different. He's a running guy, blah, blah, blah. Point still stands. Jalen Hurts. Much as we don't like his long-term outlook, he's in that mix. He was not a first-round pick here. Russell Wilson, same thing. Trey Lance, we still love his upside. Deshaun Watson, like you said, went all the way to 12. Good as he was out of Clemson, there's still plenty of haters. Maybe he's not that good of a prospect in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers, long time ago now, but how long did Aaron Rodgers sit? how long he went in 24th in the first round so in mac jones most recently right 15th overall earlier in that season he wasn't even sniffing the first round in rookie picks so to so to tell me right now that you still think that you know everything about this quarterback class you 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 haven't looked at history And you're lying to yourself and everybody else because you don't know. You do not know. And they're still not going to cost you what it costs a lot of these crazy high-end quarterbacks right now to go get them. So that's the one point, right? Second point is this. Your first point. How many teams in the NFL, Mike, still desperately crave quarterback? Look at what Washington just did, man. Yeah. Look at what they just did. Bro, I honestly thought that Carson Wentz was headed to free agency. Two-thirds. Because they just didn't want to be unsure. They missed out on the big-ticket names. They didn't want to be unsure. The only big-ticket name, newsflash to everyone listening back home, is Watson, and they you don't know how long he's going to play this season, and we don't know what's going on with this legal situation, right? So for NFL teams, that's the only big-ticket name left. Otherwise, you're talking about the retreads like Mike just mentioned. Mariota, Trubisky, right? These type of guys that they don't get you overly excited. Maybe Jimmy Garoppolo, if you could trade for him. Outside maybe, of that, go ahead.
1: Maybe a team makes a move for like a Derek Carr. But how sexy is that kind of move? Like, exactly. I think he's a, I think he's an underrated quarterback. And I think Indianapolis would be smart one to go to, to Vegas and be like, hey, what do you want for Derek Carr? Yeah. Like, like does, does my 23 first get it done? And maybe I toss you a couple of thirds, right?
0: Yeah, a couple because sweeteners.
1: they they yeah. don't have the ability to draft one this year without trading up, and that's kind of a dicey proposition in the NFL draft to try to trade up into. It can cost a lot. It can cost a lot because teams yeah. get so in love with prospects at the at the different positions or whatnot. But the quarterback landscape is 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 ever changing. But you're out of your damn mind if you don't think that some of these teams aren't going to go like, yeah, I'd like to have Matt Corral in the first. Where's he falling to? Exactly, man. I'm cool. Let me take Matt Corral. I'll take Matt Corral here and see what I got.
0: And and think about this, right? Okay, so the AFC East, because New York's probably still going to roll with Zach Wilson, and I think that they should, now that Miami's, you know, moved on and they're settling with Tua, pretty, pretty locked and loaded in the AFC East. Okay? AFC North. Pittsburgh desperately needs a quarterback. I mean, desperately. Cleveland. I'm a Cleveland Browns fan. I hate to admit that on air because it's been a long road as a Cleveland Browns fan. We thought we had it in Baker, and guess what? We don't. They need a quarterback. You don't have to take one in the first round, but they need a quarterback. Okay, move on. Tennessee. Mike and I actually thought Ryan Tannehill was going to be nice. Guess what, man? You could roll with him. But you're not not sitting there at Tennessee like, if we want to win, win right now, Ryan Tannehill does that for us. As a matter of fact, it's the opposite. They would love to probably have an upgraded quarterback. Indianapolis, like Mike just said, they need a quarterback. Houston's in such a dog shit rebuild. They don't necessarily have to have one now, but they need one. Moving on, right? Denver just finally solidified it. So the AFC West, as long as... Las Vegas still has Derek Carr. Fine. NFC East. Washington Washington solidified their quarterback position with Carson Wentz. That's how bad the landscape is and how much all these teams need quarterback. The New York Giants still don't know what the fuck they're doing. I mean, I know from the day that you drafted Danny Dimes, if you're a New York Giants fan, shout out to B. You didn't like it, and you still don't like it. And maybe he is, maybe he isn't, but you don't have a quarterback solution. Listen, they're talking about bringing in Mitch Trubisky and paying
1: him millions of dollars a year to compete with Daniel Jones at the quarterback position. That's how desperate the landscape is, right? That's the move that's being rumored everywhere.
0: It is. You're right. It is.
1: Take a step back and just process that. And then process it. Separate yourself from your dynasty love, your rookie love. What would you think that the smart move for the Giants would be? They still have dimes under contract. Would you be bringing in Mitch Trubisky as like the savior to the team? Or maybe would you be trying to position yourself in the NFL draft to take a shot on a quarterback? Maybe Kenny Pickett or Matt Corral or Malik Willis or what? Name your course. Sam Howell. At dimes, you go out there, you take the hit, and we'll see if we can't develop this guy. And then when you finally are off our team... Maybe we got something here. Maybe we got the next Aaron Rodgers who sat for a year
0: developed. And it's a good case in point for New York because they're sitting on, I think it's five and seven. Maybe they take one at seven. Maybe they could trade back and still get one and add more assets, right? They're in a little interesting position, but we know they need them, right? And there's a couple more teams that we know. Detroit, once again, like Houston, They got Jared Goff, but we discussed this, you know, shout out to Ray. Diaper genie, you know, is this guy sucks. He's ass. He smells like if you put your head in a diaper genie full of where all the dirty diapers go. Right. That's Jared Goff. And guess what? Tampa. All of a sudden, they need a quarterback. New Orleans. He's a quarterback. Atlanta. He's a He's quarterback. Carolina needs a quarterback. There's a full division, Mike. A whole division needs a fucking quarterback. Seattle now is probably in a rebuild, but needs a quarterback unless you believe that Drew Locke is still this Raz athlete that's so great. Man, the whole, listen, the whole NFL, the whole NFL has a lot of quarterback issues. And you mean to tell me that some of these teams won't invest in this 22 class? You're mistaken, man. You're mistaken. And last point I want to make here before I get out of here is this. If you get one of these quarterbacks and they are drafted in the first round of one of these teams, you've seen Josh Rosen. He's the rare, rare case where... I mean, you basically ate your hand like that pick eroded faster than anything outside of that. We just knocked Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes was still going in like that fourth, fifth round after a couple of bad years. Mr. Bisky, Good case in point. I mean, this dude is. He's dog shit, right? Two, three seasons still being a decent startup pick. After that year they went to the playoffs, people were still talking about Mr. Biscay. Like, you have years, at least one, if not two years, of pretty solidified value that is going to stay. Zach Wilson is, is a good case in point from this last season. Horrible fucking season. Terrible player as far as what he did on the football field. Mike and I are still saying go buy him. Plenty of people are still going to go buy him. He's still going to be a first-round He's worth more than a rookie first. He's still a top seven round startup pick. Like, end rant. But man, there are so many players in this class that I still want shares of. And if you're not on board yet, you're you're just you're lying to yourself. You're lying to everybody else. So we're not going to do that. I think back long and hard while you're listening up
1: to those quarterbacks. Yes, Josh Rosen is the one outlier at the quarterback position where they just absolutely tanked in value immediately after year one. But I think back, my favorite one to remember is Drew Locke. Drew Locke had an okay (laughs) final five games to his rookie year. A second round pick, not even a first round pick, but a second round pick. And I vividly remember Colin Cowherd touting this man as a dark horse MVP candidate heading into the next year. And I watched him go in rounds five, six, seven of Dynasty Startups. The only thing that saved me from jumping on that hype outside of my own two fucking eyes and seeing how bad he was, was Matt Kelly diving into the analytics of it and how many money throws versus danger plays. And the crazy thing to me is we've seen Drew Locke for multiple years, right? Yep. Drew Locke gets traded to Seattle. And I'm still seeing people. You should go buy Drew Locke for, uh, you know, like a mid-second. It's super flex. These people are still out there. After we know he's ass. These people are still out there, and this shows you the insulation of the quarterback position. And if you're going to tell me three, four quarterbacks go in the first round of the NFL draft, I may not even like them, but their value is insulated. And I know even if they have a bad year, I can probably get out next year and be just fine
0: just fine Mike real quick what about let me let me let me let me hit you with something okay Indianapolis we're just talking about it they now have the 42nd pick second round fairly early what if a guy we really like like Carson Strong goes there yeah I mean just think about what that would do to a guy like his value right or even if like Ritter falls out of the first round right so like There's so many teams that need quarterback. Like if something like that happened now, I'm not saying it will, but just theoretically that person's value is going to go up crazy. And they may never even start like it's, it's one of those things where the positional scarcity at quarterback and dynasty and how few of actually really good quarterbacks are in the NFL. They correlate so well. And If you have a plethora, you have insane leverage, and if you can get quarterbacks at a discount in these rookie drafts, they're value-insulated, and they have the best chance to rise probably of all the positions, unless you're getting Javante Williams type of last year right, at the running back position. Outside of that, it's very rare that those players rise drastically upwards into that elite level.
1: Very, very outside, and like I said, this wasn't going to be a quarterback versus other position debates or whatever. We can get into that more, and we'll hit you with some actual ADPs, real-life real, real life ADPs of where these guys were going after shitty years or after good years, you can see the value bump or the value loss. And it will illustrate to the point how insulated some of these positions are relative to other ones, but the main point of this whole podcast was Exactly what Ray has been saying for a while now, and it's being mindful of the content you consume. If you see this narrative going around on Twitter, ask somebody about it. Have them show their work. Ray has been saying it for a while, the people who are talking about fading the 22 class, let me see your rosters, how many 22 picks you have. Because that also plays into the motivation of what they're touting and what they're what they're trying to do. So I hope you learned at least a little bit something or at the very least got entertained by it. I got a little bit fired up for this. We were going to do a different type of episode, but I told Adam, after the combine, this is the perfect time because you've seen the massive shift in the general consensus about the 22 class, and for me it's 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 kind of that that jaded feeling of like y'all fuckers weren't on it before, you're not allowed to be on the boat now right
0: yeah because i you know what
1: you said before you you can't take it back at this point
0: you can't you can't have me at my best if you can't take me at my worst so listen that's it that's the reality and we had to do it it was an emergency type change of the subject listen we'll, that'll go to next week let's let's get back on track and let's talk about right here right now the bullshit floating around clown us if you want make fun of us all you want we're going to come every single week here. We're going to do all this stuff. We're going to show you our process. We're going to tell you straight up. If we're wrong, we're wrong. Clown us. But right here, right now, 22 value through the roof. Through the roof. And
1: remember this, if it comes up again in another year, if people start this bullshit again, which whether whether people want to admit it or not, you're already starting to see the rumbles about the 23 class and people starting on their bullshit just like they do every year for every damn class. And it may be the greatest class we've ever seen. It's a possibility, but people are still going to be on their bullshit for their clicks. So That's going to do it for us. We appreciate you tapping in. I ain't got anything else to say. Adam, you hit them with the
0: outro, because we got to get out of here. Just remember, when your league mates are playing chess, play 40 chess. That's going to
1: do it. We're out. Peace. (laughs) Okay. <laughs>